Today on Exposed, the Kalo podcast, the Colorado Supreme Court. Boy, they really thought that they had Trump, didn't they? But believe me, folks, this is going to backfire in a huge way. Hey, uh, by the way, have you heard about that guy, George Santos, you know, the one that was expelled from the House? What happened? I, I mean, it happened so quickly. I wonder, I wonder what they were afraid of. Well, we're going to look at this issue, and there's more there than meets the eye. And there's also more happening around the nation. A lot more that's happening that is actually good for Trump. Did you know that blacks, Hispanics, and Asians are waking up to the truth? This is an amazing time, and we're living to see it happen right now. This can be a real game changer, because it seems that the left is running scared. What are they afraid of with Trump serving another term? What's the big deal? He already served one term. Well, we're going to look at that today. And what we found, it will surprise you. And finally, the Supreme Court hands Trump a huge win. All this and more on today's Exposed. So the Colorado Supreme Court, they banned Trump from the ballot and they kind of proudly, you know, acting as if they did the country a huge favor. But this is going to cause a huge problem. Now, we know it's already opened up the floodgates to other states that are thinking about doing the exact same thing. <clears throat> they're, they're, they're thinking that, you know, well, we can find other grounds, um, you know, to be able to uh, stop Trump from being on the ballots. But believe me, uh, this is going to be a huge win for Trump in the end. Because what's happening here, I believe, is going to cause a national uprising. The left has already been working to get rid of Justice Clarence Thomas. I mean, from day one, you know, some of you may not be old enough to remember when they put him on the court. <clears throat> I mean, they just, uh, they crucified this guy. I mean, they were basically looking for any way to destroy him completely. Uh, what they did to Kavanaugh is nothing compared to what they did to Clarence Thomas. <clears throat> but this case will surely cause uh, great ripples uh, all across the nation. Uh, riots all across America. And, uh, you know, the left media, I really think, is looking to stir the pot and uh, to create these planned riots, kind of like the ones they did for, you know, the criminal George, uh, George Floyd. The media then was spewing lying rhetoric every day, all day, on their TV stations, talking about how Donald Trump and the MAGA right are to blame for all the wrongs in America. But you and I know the real truth. And that is that the left right now, they're in panic mode. And the reason why they're in panic mode, we're going to be talking about later on in today's show. But listen, even if they have to burn it all down, they will do it in order to maintain power and maintain control, not just of the White House, but of the government itself. Because let's face it, this is where their bread and butter is, control. And you can't forget about the one world government system, which most of these insiders 
deep staters in our government. Uh, that's what they believe in. So to properly understand what this kangaroo court in Colorado has done, here, here's what they did. They purposely extrapolated from the law a line, basically two lines, to justify their attack on Donald Trump and on the right in America. So it's almost without a doubt that the left is absolutely willing to destroy all that America stands for just to retain their control over this country. I don't think there's, I don't think there's one chance of the Supreme Court not turning this decision around. And, and, and it, makes, it makes it crystal clear because you know these judges, the four, now they were all Democrats, but four of them voted for it and uh, three of them you know, did not. But, but here, here, here's, the, here's the key. They knew that this was going to be overturned. So what that does is it, it basically gives us a clear indication that they don't really care about the stability of this nation. Their desire is to just bring chaos because they knew this would cause many of us to get upset. But those of us who know better realize that there's, there, there's nothing to be upset about because we stand in the position of what's right and what's just. Now, how would the government um, exist without the far left? I mean, that's the way they think. You know, the government won't exist because they believe they have the um, the lockbox, if you will, uh, Al Gore's words, the lockbox on the government. They they know everything about it, and we don't know anything. We're not smart enough. You know, we're just we're just stupid, plain old Americans. Um, so what the left would do? I mean, believe it or not, they would institute martial law. They wouldn't think twice about that, um, just to be able to keep their freedoms, just to be able to keep. Um, their hold, stranglehold on the government. I mean, look what they did in 1963. I mean, they murdered a president. And we know it was done from the inside. We know it was an inside job. And, uh, you know, today, because it's been, you know, 60 years, nobody really cares too much about it. But the truth is, if they're willing to do it once, believe me, they'll be willing to do it again. Don't doubt me on this, folks. I'm telling you. They're geared up to implement their one-world government system, and nothing or no one is going to get in the way of their plans. <clears throat> so with that, let's listen to one of uh, the right-side scholars, Jonathan Turley, and what he had to say about what this court actually did. Here's the clip. Let's watch it. No, it is a strikingly anti-democratic uh, holding, in my view. Uh, the court literally faced a series of interpretive barriers to get to where it ended up. It adopted the most sweeping, broadest possible interpretation to get over every one of those hurdles. So throughout this opinion, it had to adopt uh, interpretations that could encompass a wide array of statements. You know, they used what's called true threat precedent to show that you can view the, uh, what Trump said as encouraging an insurrection by looking at stuff that he said at other times. And that, of course, allowed them to reach this conclusion. In my view, the court is dead wrong. This is the first major win for these uh, challengers. They've gone to a number of blue states. This is one of the bluest state Supreme Courts you can get to. Even with that, it's split. 
Um, I think the opinion uh, is really chilling. And I think that the Supreme Court will make fast work of this theory. I hope it does. Uh, but I think this court, I think, did great damage to its own integrity uh, with this opinion. So it's Jonathan Turley's contention that they interpreted the law, the, the law in the widest possible context in order to stretch the law to fit their narrative. Okay, and, and pretty much most of us not being legal scholars can basically tell that's what they did also. But he also ended with this. He said this court has done great damage to the rule of law in this nation. And they have. Well, with a little research, we can easily tie the Biden administration to this court in Colorado. Now, listen carefully, because this is where it gets interesting. This lawsuit was brought by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics. That's an organization located, of course, in Washington, D.C. And it's led by a man by the name of Noah Bookbinder. He sits on Biden Administration Department of Homeland Security Council, okay, the HSAC. And in a recent press release, Bookbinder said the following. I want to read this to you. Our Constitution clearly states that those who violate their oath by attacking our democracy are barred from serving in government. It has been an honor to represent the petitioners and to look forward to ensuring that this vitally important ruling stands. <laughs> These guys are clowns. So the Biden administration determined that to save the country, they would support this anti-democratic lawsuit to have Trump removed from the ballot in Colorado. But it goes even deeper. Remember when Biden said this? We just have to demonstrate that he will not take power um, by, uh, if, we, uh, if he does run, uh, making sure he, uh, under legitimate efforts of uh, our Constitution, does not become the next president again. I think he spilled the beans, and he wasn't supposed to. Under legitimate efforts of our Constitution, uh, we'll find a way. Yeah, of course you'll find a way. <laughs> My friends, it's all coming down to a battle between the left and the right. And regardless of what the Supreme Court does, this is not going to stop the left's efforts to try and stop Trump from being on ballots all across the nation. See, their whole concept is they've got to retain power. And if they frustrate the Supreme Court, they don't care. See, they're going to claim, along with the fake media, that is, that Trump and his people, which means you and I, have a legitimate, um, that we have an illegitimate claim on America. Okay, that we're not, you know, we're, we're not the good people of America. We're the deplorables, you know, as Hillary Clinton said, uh, or worse. Uh, we are the ones that cause insurrections. So they need to step in. This is how the left feels. They need to step in and ensure that the country remains stable. And they're going to do that by breaking the Constitution. <laughs> See, the only way that they can retain power is if they do it by force. And the only way to ensure we, the government, is not overtaken by force is that we use force to retain our power. Do you see what I mean? It doesn't make sense. But yet this is what they're doing. 
They are basically saying, we have to retain power at all costs, and no matter what we do, it's because it's good. True Democrat thinking at its best. And sure enough, we know the media is going to back their story and going to back any pretty much any narratives that they come up with. And whatever the right says is going to be barred. Now, to explain how this, um, this one suit, regardless of how it turns out in the Supreme Court, is not going to stop these people, Maine is currently looking at different things that they can do in order to remove Trump from the ballot. That's just one. California, New Hampshire, Michigan, Arizona, New Mexico, okay? They're all looking at ways that they can keep Trump off the ballot based on what happened on January 6th. See, they don't believe they need to keep the law. They don't believe they need to follow the law. They write the law as they go forward. You, you might remember what Pelosi said. Uh, you have to pass the law to find out what's in it. <laughs> that, imagine? This is what he, she told the Senate that you got to pass the law in order to find out what's in it, as they wrote that you know multi-thousand page document of Obamacare. It's not about the law. It's not about facts. It's about feelings and lies and control and power. So since they know this is all nothing but a stall tactic, that is trying to keep Trump off the ballot, they know that it's going to get overturned at the Supreme Court. So it's a stall tactic. And why would they be Im implementing this stall tactic? Well, Tucker Carlson has something good to say about this. Uh, let, let's watch a clip. Here it is. This was pretty puzzling to watch. Whatever else January 6th was, and in some ways we still don't know exactly what it was, it was not a Trump-led insurrection. The crowd had no guns. They had no plan to overthrow the government. Nothing like that has ever emerged. And above all, Trump was not leading it. He was miles away at the White House at the time, where he issued a public statement calling for calm and nonviolence. So why were the people on television telling us that Trump led an insurrection? Exactly. It was not an insurrection. See, the left knows it was not an insurrection because... Uh, Trump was not even, and Trump was not even present when all the stuff was happening at the Capitol. Listen, this is all a plan. It's a plan of the left to keep the narrative focused on the negative in order to try to keep people from thinking about voting for Trump. So watch this next clip. We're going to walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're going to walk down. We're going to walk down. Anyone you want, but I think right here, we're going to walk down to the Capitol. And we're going to cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women. And we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. You remember when Trump said that? 
He said to go peacefully, patriotically, to express your voice. That's what he said. Now, I tried to um, Google that entire portion of the speech. And what you'll, find, what you'll find is that they cut out that part. ABC, NBC, CBS, they cut out that part. <laughs> okay? Uh, you're not going to find it like on YouTube or any place like that. You're not going to find that portion of the speech. You got to go to Rumble or somewhere else in order to pull that uh, video out. Um, th this, this next clip is very, very interesting. Here it is. Despite the fact Donald Trump has never been convicted by any court of insurrection, and although the 14th Amendment specifically does not apply to the presidency, Donald Trump cannot run for president because he's an insurrectionist. So really, all the left cares about is labeling. They want to label us. They want to label Trump. Because in the eyes of the fake media, if they can keep putting labels upon us, that they think they're going to win in the end. So being labeled is all that's necessary in order to be found guilty. You're a racist, you know, a label. Uh, you're an insurrectionist. It's a label. So this is what they have. This is their tool. And people are awakening to this. We're going to talk about that also. People are awakening to this strategy. And this is proven by this final clip here uh, where the Colorado Secretary of State, she's a flaming liberal, um, Trump-hating neocon, basically. And she's stating her twisted logic for this lawsuit. So listen carefully. Here it is. An accusation made on television is now enough to remove a frontrunner from the presidential race. If Nancy Pelosi and Joe Scarborough call you bad, Americans are not allowed to vote for you. Watch. Look, I believe he incited the insurrection. There were big questions around Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, and the Colorado Supreme Court has weighed in in a very loud way, making themselves clear. Frankly, we've never had a president try to steal the presidency and engage in insurrection uh, ever before. So Trump's actions are unprecedented. The Colorado Supreme Court confirmed that the district court got it right, that he did engage in insurrection. I think uh, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment it has to apply to the presidency because if not, it's a get out of jail free card. And in a country of laws where no man is above another, um, we can't have one office be able to do whatever they want when it comes to rebellion and then be able to be seated in office again. His actions were unprecedented and that he engaged in insurrection. What a bunch of nonsense. The actions of Trump in no wise even come close to the actual definition of the word insurrection, which says it's a violent uprising against authority or government, which is not true. Listen, the only side that was violent was law enforcement, and that's becoming more and more obvious through all of the videotapes that are being released. Mike Johnson, he said he was, Speaker of the House, said he was going to release it all they're still holding back some, and I believe him when he say they're holding back some for security issues because it shows areas of the White House um, that are extremely secure. Mm, I got to trust him on that uh, because all of the video that was relieved is very incriminating to the Capitol Police and to those who are uh, FBI agents that were in the crowd. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. 
The FBI was in the crowd, and it was coordinated by them. It was exacerbated by them. Listen, I watched hours and hours and hours of these videos, and I can tell you this was a coordinated effort. There is absolutely no doubt about it. And my proof is watching the video of Pelosi and Schumer in their hiding place, wherever they were at the time, uh, it was like a choreographed film. They knew they were being recorded, okay, by someone's iPhone or whatever. They knew they were being recorded. And they were acting so, you know, uh, like none of... For, well, here's the thing. They, they were coming across as if it was so bad, but yet they had no emotion. In other words, it was just drama. They, 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 they were playing a role... They weren't afraid. They weren't scared. They weren't concerned. And that's because they knew they were being recorded and they already knew what was happening. Even the part where they said, oh, was that gunshots? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was the worst acting I've ever seen in my life, but it was definitely all acting. The, their own video evidence is proof of their involvement in the insurrection that they supposedly say happened on January 6th. Listen, they were all obviously expecting something to happen. And that's why they were so calm and so collected in this video evidence. And, and then not too long after all of this, you know, the, uh, the January 6th committees and all of that, all of a sudden Nancy Pelosi decides after nearly 50 years that she's going to scoot out of Washington, D.C. She escapes Washington, D.C., and nowhere in sight. Why? Why? Why did she suddenly... Because she knew. She knew the truth was coming out. She knew this video evidence was coming out, and they were going to get caught red-handed. But they figured the longer it goes on, the longer the narrative keeps playing in the news, the less and less people are going to think, take it seriously. But let me tell you something. People like you and I, we take it seriously. They're trying to frame President Trump for something that he didn't do. So she's gone. Hey, by the way, guess who else is gone? George Santos. Remember him? <laughs> and let me tell you something. Something doesn't smell right about how they tossed this guy out. And it all happened so quickly. I remember, you know, the first days when this was a news, uh, you know, breaking news story. And, and you know, they, made, they painted him in a pretty bad light. And I got to tell you, uh, initially, my response was, well, you know, the guy should be gone, you know. But the more I looked into it, you know, the things he was accused of, and he even admitted to, um, makes me question why. Because what he did wasn't, I mean, it wasn't good, but it wasn't really to the level of corruption that most of these guys are actually living in on a daily basis. Well, we here at Exposed, we've reached out to George Santos and uh, we requested an interview from him. Haven't heard back from him yet, but I believe we're going to be able to get him. But I can tell you right now, they have this guy wrapped up in all kinds of litigation and it smells pretty foul to me. Come to find out after doing some digging, there is some very disturbing evidence. See, this guy is actually one of the good guys and Although he admits to making some bad choices, like I said, uh, he was seriously committed to rooting out corruption in the Congress. So let's listen to a clip from an interview that he had with Marsha Kramer from the CBS uh, TV show called The Point. Here it is. 
as we're sitting here, there are common cause and some um, politicians, uh, Senator John Liu, they're actually having a press conference outside your former office to say that there should be new laws um, that would strengthen candidate disclosure laws. How do you feel about that? I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic and it would hold Senator John Liu to a higher standard, especially after his uh, embroilment with corruption here in New York City when he was comptroller. So I think if he would adhere to that standard, he wouldn't be a sitting senator today. I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I like this guy. I, I do. I like him. He, he's got a great demeanor about him. Um, he's fairly bold and seems to be very knowledgeable in regard to the sitting senators and congressmen. Here's another clip. Watch this one. So after you left office, um, you vowed to file ethics complaints against a number of Congress people from the New York metropolitan area. Um, Mike Lawler, Nicole Maliotakis, Nick LaLota, and of course, Rob Menendez from New Jersey. Why and have you? Well, I mean, Nicole Malia Stock Tips, as I call her now, I mean, she's insider trading, and it's almost evident if you look at her disclosures. I mean, it, it's not hard to see a but member. How do we prove that? Oh, it's very easy. She receives classified briefings as a member of the Ways and Means Committee. It takes a very comp competent DOJ, um, pardon me, FBI officer to go look at her trading and how it works and just look at her communication. It, this is all digitized these days. It's not hard to see a person saying, hey, do this trade, just got a good tip. She's pushed back on that, though. Yeah, well, they all push back. But can somebody explain to me how is it that she miraculously becomes a member of the committee and then she's doing trades on NYCB with the signature bank collapse just the day before, having an 80% stock hike? That's not a lucky trade, Marsha. That's a very well-informed trade. So. Mike Lawler tells me the charges you made against him are completely false. No, they're not false either. If you go on the FEC and you look at Checkmate Strategies, which is one of the, the consulting firms who received the bulk of his campaign funds last cycle, he is a stakeholder, a third stakeholder in the company, which means campaign donors donate to his campaign. He hires his own firm, pays his own firm to do the services, and the money cycles back into his pocket. So did you ever file ethics complaint against complaints against any of these people, or are you planning there, on doing it? There uh, they're just a form that you can submit in the Office of Congressional Ethics. Any American can do it. Have I, I received, it? I started penning them all up. I got caught up with everything else. I will be submitting them most likely tomorrow. It was supposed to be Monday. I, I did, didn't follow up on it. I got caught up with a whole lot of stuff. I think everybody has seen. I've been a little busy, but that it's all filled out. It's, it just needs to be Are submitted. Are you doing this to get revenge or because you were, you were uh, astonished by what you saw in Congress? Hypocrisy needs to be called out. So if I was expelled for accusations, I think members should actually be investigated. If we were to hold every member to the same standard they held me, we'd have no Congress left. He's done his homework. You could bet on it. And he knows the members that he worked with. And he was only there like 11 months or something like that. And he knows these guys and he knows what they're involved in. That tells me he had some favor initially because he got into places and heard things and was involved in things. Listen, in a very short time, he's got enough evidence on a lot of these guys. Believe me, they got scared. They got scared. They looked for shortcomings in this guy. They found him and they figured, let's get rid of him before he could do any real damage. L watch this next clip. Here it is. Exposing the rot 
is the only way that you change. And I think more people need to run for office with that same mentality to go buck the corruption of the handshakes and how appropriations are done and, and how people get money for their districts. It's all based on corruption. It's a corrupt environment and system. So I, if I were to ever run again and go back to Washington, D.C., it would only be to continue weeding out all of that malfeasance that hurts the taxpayer at the end of the day. <laughs> George, yes, 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 yes. I say yes, sir. We need more people like this guy to run and weed out all the corruption in Congress. We need more men like this. Watch this next clip. So let me ask you this question. What was the thing that most surprised you when you went to Washington and you found out how things were done? How the sausage was made in your words. Well, essentially, when I saw lobbyists going into congressional offices and then leaving with a member of Congress to go out for drinks and dinner, and then I see appropriations get appropriated for those those verticals the very next week uh, during earmarks and as they're getting awarded, I'm like, those aren't community projects. Those are lobbyist projects. That's how the American people is being sold down a river. Did you try telling people that? I did. They, I did. They must have not the liked The reporters you. didn't care in D.C. But what They're about numb. the elected, the people you had to work with? Did you ever go to people in power and say, of course. this is not right? Of course. And I was told to shut up. And do you think maybe that played a role in their desire to expel you? I don't you? know. Look, there's, there's conspiracies all over. People say that I, was ex that I was expelled because McCarthy made a play to Weakin Johnson. Is that true? I don't know. But that's a that's a rumor in D.C. right now because he knew he was going to resign and that I, like I I've never had a bad relationship with the former speaker and I adore the current speaker so I don't want that to be true but that's a rumor so there's a lot of rumors in D.C. The one thing I can tell you is every time I tried to raise red flags on bad behavior and on bad acts I was told to shut up. What most surprised him was the truth. It's all bought and paid for. We're being sold out as the American people on a daily basis. And truth, nowhere to be found. And basically, nobody really cares. They just want government to go on like it has been going on day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year, doing the same old things over and over again. And they told them, just shut up. Just shut up. Leave us alone. Here's one more clip. So one last question, Matt Gates is gonna, there's an ethics investigation into him too. He was one of your supporters. How do you feel that should end up? I think that they're going to weaponize the ethics process and they're gonna use a precedent they created with me and unseat a duly elected member of Congress without a single conviction on charges that the DOJ passed up and saying that there was no there there. Oh yes. See, Matt Gates, like I said, what he did in unseating McCarthy, I think, was a great thing, worthy of praise. And one day, the truth may come out about it entirely. But I still believe McCarthy was a real deep insider. And he alluded to that same thing. Now, Santos had another interview with uh, Zeewee. And uh, she was pretty good on this interview, I got to tell you. She, she's really, really good at what she does. And the two of them had me laughing. I was in stitches. Um, and, and all the more, I kind of like this guy. He's uh, real down to earth, um, real, real. Even about his shortcomings, he's real. So watch this clip. Who else in Congress is committing fraud? They're all frauds. Name if you, them. If you, if you were to, Name if them. you were to put me. Name them. If you were to put them Name all them. under the same scrutiny I was put under, Name you'd f them. vacate the whole goddamn building. Can I name them and you just wink if Go I. Go ahead. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene. No. Kevin McCarthy. Yes. Lindsey Graham. Yes. Matt Gates. No. Bob Menendez. Absolutely. Goldbar Menendez. Dan Goldman. He doesn't pay his rent. Dan Good. Dan. Dan is owing $180,000 worth of rent right now on his $45,000 monthly rent, which is what most Americans make a year. You let that shit sink in. The way you know everyone's business is humbling to me. He lays out the truth in a way that we may have all expected or suspected, but now we have some ammunition. Hopefully, We'll get more and more people like this guy in Congress who will rise to the calling of weeding out corruption in the government. You know, we need Americans to awaken to the truth. And listen, none of us are perfect. None of us got it all together. All of us have made mistakes. All of us have done things, you know, we were embarrassed about or, or, or you know, ashamed of. And we knew we shouldn't have done when we'd done them. But that's life. We need people to wake up to the truth. That I know for sure. And speaking of an awakening, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, <laughs> they're waking up to the truth. And, and me, for one, I just can't believe I'm actually seeing this because um, for most of my adult life, it seemed as if whatever the Democrat Party said, whatever the, the Democrat-run news media said, it seemed like minorities just you know went with it wholeheartedly. And... What we're seeing is the Democrat Party is losing the minorities. Their total control over minorities is it's gone. And, 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 and it's waning in, in such a strong degrees that it's very possible this thing can break entirely. And, and blacks would rebel against the Democrat Party. I mean, it's more than looking like the tides of turning. It, 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 it's, it's more like a real awakening has happened. Now, this doesn't mean we need to relax and say, oh, okay, great, everything is going to be good now. Because the political machine is always at work. The political insiders, <clears throat> you know, they don't sweat very easily. I know they're sweating now, but they don't sweat very easily. And when they do get to the point where they're sweat, believe me, they're going to pull a rabbit out of the hat somewhere along the way because that's what they do. They're getting desperate. And when they get desperate, when the left gets desperate, when the media gets desperate, that's a dangerous sign because desperate politicians will do just about anything. Like I said, they've killed a former president. And they tried to take out Donald Trump on multiple occasions. We talked about that in another show. Let me tell you, we need to pray for Donald Trump and for his protection. <clears throat> this is what's actually happening around the country. People are beginning to see the weakening of the left, their wall that they built around their so-called ideals is beginning to crack. Let's watch this short clip. President Biden continues to laud his administration's achievements for the black community, but Fox polling from 2020 and 2023 shows his popularity among these voters plummeting, while Donald Trump has seen a substantial boost. Here to discuss further is co-host of Revolutionary Blackout Network and, co -ho and host of the Savvy Savs podcast, Sabrina Salvati. Welcome, Sabrina. 
Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, do you buy, you know, the administration's claims that everybody, including everybody in the black community, should just be all fine and dandy with how things have turned out? I do not. Um, I think that I have heard more from uh, black people that they're not willing to just cave over and vote for the Democratic Party this time around. I think that poll is very telling. This is the first time, at least since I've been eligible to vote, where I've seen 20 support, 20% support from African-Americans for a Republican presidential candidate. So Donald Trump's support among African-Americans has actually increased compared to where it was in 2020. And I think the Democratic Party should be very concerned about this. I think this idea that uh, Donald Trump is, is, is scary and I'm, I'm just not convinced that that message about Donald Trump is going to work with black voters this time around in 2024, the way that it did in 2020. And I say this because uh, during 2020, that was a chance when we were like, well, we could have a Biden presidency and it could be different compared to how it was with Donald Trump. Well, now we've had both. We've had a Biden presidency and we've had a Trump presidency. And a lot of African-American voters feel that economically their, their life is not improved and it's actually become worse under Joe Biden presidency. So I think that the Democratic Party should be very concerned because they cannot win without African-American uh, support. And this could turn the page, I think, in reference to, we look at electoral politics and where people stand, uh, African-Americans stand in reference to the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. So we could see a change here. Wow. Blacks are not just going to vote Democrat. <laughs> and that alone, my friends, is a miracle. but. They, they, they're just not going to vote Democrat. They're going to actually vote for somebody like Trump. <laughs> oh, my God. This has got to be keeping them awake at night. I'm telling you. See, the foolishness of the Democrat Party is they pushed their narrative too far, way too far. And now what we're able to see, for instance, uh, Trump was in office for four years, and people saw and felt and lived prosperity. And now they have Biden in office and they see and they feel and they live. Uh, things aren't good. Uh, I go to the store and a bag of groceries is at least 50 bucks and God forbid I buy meat. <laughs> I'm really in trouble. They go to the gas station. They see what they're paying for gas. And I know gas prices are starting to come down a little, but believe me, this is all a scam. This is all <clears throat> the federal government, Biden, pushing, pushing, pushing. He's pushing who? He's pushing the Saudis to do anything they can to flood the market with oil. He's pushing because he wants another term. <clears throat> now, in this next short clip, we see what really scares the hardcore liberals. Here it is. So Maurice, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We just want to have a sense of why uh, you decided to be here today and what this uh, proceedings or arraignment that is going to happen in a few hours mean to you as a black for uh, Trump. Well, what it means to me is uh, give me liberty or give them death. It means I'm, I'm demanding freedom. Uh, I demand equity. This whole this whole thing is unfair because everything that Jack Smith is charging Trump with, Biden is guilty of 300 times worse. So this guy, Maurice, is a former black supremacist. <laughs> That's right. His eyes have been open and he founded the group called Blacks for Trump. 
<laughs> if that's not enough to make their heads explode, I don't know what is. Listen, listen to this. This clip, I, 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 I watched the entirety of it. I wish I could play the whole thing, but it's just too long. But just watch this short clip. Here it is. Trump or Biden? We've got two Bidens and the rest are Trumps. Interesting. These are people from India, okay? Six out of eight, three quarters for Trump. That is a complete flip. If we watch the entirety of it, you'll find most of these people were all Biden people. And we're talking about three quarters of them have flipped, okay? And are now going to vote for Trump. The blinders, my friends, are weakening. And we are on the cusp of what can be, I believe, a landslide victory. But all the more, we've got to remain vigilant. <clears throat> and we cannot get complacent because when we get complacent, the media rushes in and trumps up all of what they have. And we don't need that. We don't need them doubling down right now. <clears throat> We're the ones that need to double down. We're the ones that need to push through. With less than 11 months till the election in 2024, we cannot take anything for granted. So what's the left really afraid of? Trump was already in office. What are they so paranoid about? What about Trump actually scares the left? Here's what scares them. Watch this. In reality, they don't represent you. They represent a deep state bureaucracy, a global financial class, and a political class that have taken control of this country for their own enrichment and self-purposes, stealing your wealth and stealing your labor while shipping off our best and brightest to die in expensive, exotic, foreign wars in countries that you've never even heard of. The reason Crooked Joe and his thugs are trying so hard to stop me is that in my first term, I disrupted all of it. Oh, did I disrupt? Was that, that was called major disruption. But in my second term, we'll finish the job and we'll get rid of the cheaters, the liars, the scammers, and the criminals. They'll lose their grip on power once and for all. I'll give you the return of the United States of America as the greatest and strongest industrial nation in the history of the world. Together, we will dismantle the corrupt power structure that has feasted on the suffering of the American auto worker and the workers of any kind, not just auto workers, workers of any kind. We will cast from power the financial forces that have turned American cities into ghost towns to build skyscrapers in Beijing, China. We will wield every lever of government to defend you and to hold accountable those who have profited from the betrayal and suffering of the American factory worker. So sad to see. As your 47th president of the United States, I will be your protector. I will be your advocate and I will be your greatest champion, the greatest champion that you've ever had. On day one, I will terminate Joe Biden's electric vehicle mandate, and I will cancel every job-killing regulation that is crushing American. I will unleash a thing called American energy, stop the ban on the internal combustion engine, 
And we will drill, baby, drill, and we will make zero environmental difference. And then the payroll tax will be terminating the payroll tax um, after I hopefully get elected. We'll be terminating the payroll tax, so that will mean anywhere from 5,000 to even more per family, and also great for businesses and great for jobs. A lot of people will be very happy to hear that. A lot of the great, certainly conservative economists will be great to have. They think that's the greatest thing we can do. That's better than the payments. That's better than anything else. Uh, but it's a lot of money, and it's, uh, it's going right directly to the people, and it goes there very easily. But it also creates stronger companies to employ the people. So we will be, on the assumption I win, we are going to be terminating the payroll tax after the beginning of the new year. That's what scares them, my friends. The words drilling, the words energy, the words that, you know, climate is nothing, none of this is going to affect climate. This frightens the left because it destroys their false narrative. My God, he is slapping the entire government system. And for this, they cannot allow him to win. Because if Trump does all this, and now that he is aware of the strength and the deceit of the deep state, when he gets into office, he is going to be a lot more careful and a lot more purposeful about all of his actions, about everything that he does. Because he wants to ensure that when he leaves office, the changes that he has made will be so deep, <clears throat> will be so strong, that for decades to come, the left will be trying to undo all that Trump did. This frightens the hell out of the liberals, whose entire wealth, entire family wealth, was all due to government, government contracts, and stealing our money from the government for their own purposes. My friends, they know Trump is serious. They know he's not just talking like most politicians have for my entire life. They just tell you whatever you want to hear, and then they get in and do just the opposite. No, no, no. They know this guy is who he says he is. That's why they're trying to destroy his character, and they can't. Because people are becoming more and more aware that Trump has been doing everything he said he wouldn't do. Everything he said he would do. But here's the thing. You and I are the insulator between Trump and the deep state. How is that possible? It's possible because we're the ones that have been slapping the people on the left, basically, by our words, by our videos, by our talking, by our constant barrage of information, where finally they begin to go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, you're right. I do see a change with Biden. Yeah, you're right. See, we have got to be consistently bombarding people that we know that are on the left who voted for Biden and voted for these crazy Democrats over all these years. We're the ones that stand in between. We're the insulator. And we've got to be continually pounding away at anybody who thinks they want to be able to vote Democratic. Trump disrupted the deep state. That was the thing that they were fearful of, and now they are more fearful of than ever because he also now is not a newbie. He's had years of experience now, four years. He's had experience almost seven years. It'll be eight years by the time he runs. He had eight years involved in politics. He knows things that he didn't know when he first started. <clears throat> and I believe personally 
that Trump had a plan all along. When he knew that the election was being stolen from him, he developed a plan. And I believe this whole thing is playing into a narrative. Never before in the history of politics has the left been so transparent about their goals. And now they're boldly proclaiming what they want to do, exactly what they want to do. They are willing to tell us, and the media is willing to tell us, that they want control, that they'll do anything that they believe it takes for them to retain control and to retain power. <clears throat> but my friends, the disruptor is in effect. And if we remain strong, if we remain willing to fight the tough battles, then we will win this battle. But 2024 cannot be the end for us. In other words, we can't think that's the end game. You know, I don't want us to be pouring all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength into, you know, telling the truth and speaking the truth and awakening people to the truth of what's happening. We need to continually do this even beyond 24 because every year that the left is out of power, it just means that they will become more and more desperate. America is teetering on the edge of destruction. And I believe that Trump was sent forth to bring a reprieve, although maybe a short reprieve, a reprieve. Sent by who? I believe he was sent by God. You can believe whatever you want. I believe America can decide if we truly want health, wealth, and prosperity. If we truly want a strong, righteous, and just government. Because if we do, all of that comes with a cost. And the cost is to recognize that all of the blessings that you and I have had, that this country has enjoyed for over 250 years, all of these uh, blessings that we've enjoyed come at a cost. And the first cost, the greatest cost, was the one who had the calling on the forefathers of this nation. The one being God. God, I believe, impressed upon our forefathers to come to this land, to create a land of opportunity, a land of freedom, a land that would be a beacon of light to a, a generation that God knew would eventually be where it is today. So let us embrace the possibility that although God called our forefathers, that he could still be calling others today, and I believe he is. Just as I believe he's called Trump for this time. Yes, the guy's prideful. Yes, the guy can be arrogant. Yes, he can be irritating. But God has used men like that all through history. All through the Bible, we have examples of men like Donald Trump. I believe God is calling him, and I believe he's calling you and I because we're alive during this time. We need to get back to the foundation upon which this nation was formed. And that foundation is God and godly principles and biblical principles. And if we don't get back to the godly principles <clears throat> for this nation, then I believe we are in trouble as a nation. But the task laying before us is for us to work out the purposes and the plans that God laid out for our lives as men and as women. 
and I believe a great part of that is to leave a prosperous, healthy, respectful, loving government, a loving country to our grandchildren, to our great-grandchildren, and to their children's children. 2024 should not all be about politics. It's not about Trump. It's not about Biden. It's not about Republican. It's not about Democrat. It's about light overcoming darkness to me and the call of salvation to the world. So I'm asking you, did you ever think that it's more than politics? Because I believe it is. Today, I believe, is a calling to the day of salvation, not just for America, but for the world. I know what the end of the Bible says, and I know that in the end, it's not going to be pretty. But I believe God's love for every single one of us is that he is patient. And although it's possible the end can happen soon, I would much rather that soon be maybe 100 or 200 years from now so that my grandchildren and your grandchildren and their, their children and their children can enjoy the love, the peace, and the prosperity and the greatness of this world which God formed and the greatness of this nation which God helped to form through many of our forefathers. But I believe it's up to us. You and I have a decision to make. Will we stand for the righteousness and the freedom for which this nation is known for? Or will we just succumb to the pressures and the, the, the joys and the comforts of the day and just say, well, that's not my problem, that's someone else's? Right now, the left is in panic mode. We just got news that the Supreme Court said that they would not go along with the timetable uh, of, of what the prosecutors want in the Trump case in Washington. <clears throat> and so what, is this, what does this do? Well, basically, it sets them back. It's a great win for Trump. To me, it's a sign. <clears throat> it's a sign to all of us that there is still the hope of restoration to this nation. There is still, I believe, God working behind the scenes, hoping that man will stand for what is right and what is just so that the land of opportunity can continue for another generation or two or more. Call me crazy. Call me whatever you like. But I take this as a very, very strong sign because shutting down the ability of Trump to have a court case before the election disrupts all the plans of the left. And now the Supreme Court said, no, they're not going to be able to rush the court trial. They're not going to be able to get Trump into court before the election. I believe that could only happen because we have the people, the men and the women that are sitting on our Supreme Court right now that they too have been ordained by God for this time and for this season. A sign, another sign. Take it any way you want. Call it luck, call it anything. I call it God's sovereignty and God's plan.
it's being exposed. You can take it for what it's worth. I'm Mike Kahlo. This is Exposed, the Kalo podcast. God bless you, and God bless America. America.